Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Ever wonder what it's like to come out on Google's top results without paying for ads? If you do, this is the episode for you. Let's get this show on the road. We got a good one. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, ladies and gents, who do we got on the show today? Like I said, when you... When you see your own Google results, like when you Google your name or you Google your business name, do you like what you find? If not, don't you wish there was some way that you can possibly change those results? Well, if if you ever thought that, then today's episode is for you. We're going to learn from a digital marketer who began in 1998, same year Google started. And I'm excited to learn from the brand SERP himself and figure out what it takes to build a brand today. So let's welcome to the show, former cartoon blue dog, uh, podcast host, founder and CEO of Cali Cube. Let's welcome to the show, Jason Barnard. All right, Jason, welcome to the program, my friend. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you. That's an amazing introduction you guys have got there. <laughs> well, thanks, man. You've, you've been around some uh, intros before. Tell me real quick, before we even dive into what, uh, what we can do as far as being the brand syrup, uh, tell me about the blue cartoon dog. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, in fact, the music you heard right at the beginning was my uh, punk folk group from the 90s, from the 1990s. And when that all fell apart, I mean, as uh, Spinal Tap kind of knew, is the band split up. And that's the big, terrible moment in a rock group career. The band splits up and it's like your marriage is over. Um, And my choice then was to create with my ex-wife a cartoon blue dog and a yellow koala Uh, for the web and for TV, and it was a phenomenal success. Uh, It was for children aged up to 10 years old, and we ended up, uh, you can see it here behind me, uh, the blue dog and yellow koala on the poster behind me, along with the uh, uh, wolf dog with the double bite, and the blue dog was called Boo and it was absolutely delightful, and it was songs and games for children, and I loved it. Try to make the world a better place. Exactly what you were doing. Just trying to make the world a better place. All right, well, let's jump into this thing. Uh, you know, almost four years ago, in a week, we've been doing this show for four years. Almost four years ago, I decided to hop onto uh, this podcasting space. Four years ago, if you Googled my name, it was, uh, you know, a little thing here and there. Today, however, if you Google Business Bros or if you Google my name, Hernan Cias, I mean, page after page after page of content that shows up. I command control of what you find in, uh, on the internet for me. Yep. And there's a lot of businesses who are hoping to achieve the same thing. Before we get started with all that, what is a brand SERP? Great question. I do love the introduction because it is really true that once you create this content and Google understands that it's you, then you dominate your own space on Google. 
So a brand SERP, a brand SERP, a search engine results page for your brand. And in this case, it's your personal name. And it's what Google shows your audience when they search your brand name or your personal name. And so your brand SERP, SERP, is your Google business card. And I think we all know now, especially in the Zoom world of the last few years, as soon as you start talking to somebody, they Google your name or your brand name to find out more about you and to research you. So that Google business card is phenomenally important. And what you just mentioned is the fact that you can dominate it and you can make sure that the content that Google shows your audience when they Google your brand name is the content that you care about. It's an image that you're creating for yourself, right? You know, in kindergarten, we always hear our teachers say, you know, you can grow up and you can be anything you want to be. And they always say, you know, you can be a doctor and you can be a firefighter and you can do all kinds of great things. Somewhere along the way, we lose that ambition of we can become whoever we want to be. But today, I feel like you can literally create a brand for yourself, whatever it is that you want to be known for directly on the internet. Is that true? And if so, what, what are some of those secrets? What can we do to start developing that brand? Right, that's a great, great question because in fact, yes, you can create the image that you want, but if you're not careful, Google will create the image that it wants mm -hmm. or that it perceives you to be. And so that's kind of the, the point from my perspective is you need to take control of how Google represents you to your audience through the search on your brand name or your personal name. And that's all about making sure that you communicate correctly to Google what it is you want Google to show. Google wants to show uh, a valuable, helpful, uh, useful reflection of you to your audience. All you need to do is indicate what it is you want your audience to see to Google. And if it's honest, Google will show it. And in your case, it's the podcast. It's all of this content that you've created around your own name and your, your podcast name. And in my case, and this is kind of the interesting point about the cartoon Blue Dog, is eight years ago, if you searched my name, it would say Jason Barnard is a blue dog. <laughs> and the problem with that was I was trying to sell my digital marketing services to clients at the time. And they would say, well, actually, no, we're not going to give our digital marketing campaign to a cartoon blue dog. And the reason... Why so serious? Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> and Well, that's the... Yes, exactly. Why so serious is I wanted to sell the services and the blue dog didn't hack it. So what I then needed to do was get Google to change its perception of me to present to my audience from a cartoon blue dog to a digital marketer. That was my Google business card, and that was what was making people sign on a dotted line on the contract for the digital marketing rather than the blue dog. Well, here's the other side of it, right? It's it's a time frame issue here, right? I, I'm starting my business, or I'm, I've been in business for a while, and I decide that I want to develop my brand online. And I'm living in an age where instant gratification is the way to do things. Right. So I could literally just go and do paid ads for Google, but that doesn't really control my searchability. It only controls uh, what you find for me based on keywords that you're looking for and if I'm even in that space. So when we're talking about effort and time to create a brand that is, that's the brand that you want to be searchable on Google, what are we looking at here? It's not overnight. What's the process like? 
Right, you're not 100%. It's not overnight. Um, in, in order for Google to show basically the message you want, it will take you about three months to, to get that more or less right. But three months is just kind of the, the surface of your Google business card. If you want it to get that 100% right, as you have said, it takes maybe four years, which is what you've spent on yours, for you to create the content that allows Google to represent you in the way that you want. So it's a, a huge, huge effort over a long period of time. But then when you think about it, that's what business is all about. It isn't about the one hit wonder overnight. It's about building your brand image in the eyes of your audience over a period of time. And all Google is doing is reflecting that brand image as you have presented it online to your audience anyway. So a lot of work, quite a lot of time. And then when we're creating this brand, it's not just me posting. See, Google has its tentacles out everywhere, right? You don't just create a Google thing. Google's out looking for your content in different platforms in different places. So when I'm thinking about creating things to so that Google can find me, what type of stuff should I be creating and where should I be creating it? Brilliant question. You can't hide. Google's looking <laughs> over your shoulder the entire time. So whatever you do online, it's going to leave a footprint. Google's going to find it. Google's the machine that finds everything. And it's kind of, it's, it's a child. And it's looking at what you produce. And it will believe in what you produce as long as what you produce is relevant and helpful to your audience. And the big ones are your own website, number one. Your social media, number two. You know, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, it, it actually, the, the platform will depend on what you, where your audience hangs out. So you want to focus on the platforms where your audience hangs out. YouTube is usually a really good bet. Um, and then the images you push out there, Google shows images. You've got to be really careful about that. And what it will do is take its pick from all of that content around the web and present to your audience the content that it thinks is helpful and valuable to them and specifically the places they might want to connect with you. And if I give you a really quick example, my own name, Jason Barnard, if you search it, my website, Twitter, LinkedIn, my company, uh, the videos from YouTube, and what you see there is Google saying, where do you want to connect with Jason Barnard? Mm. As a human being, person, normal human being on his website, through Twitter because he likes Twitter, through LinkedIn because he hangs out on LinkedIn, through his company, or through YouTube. It's giving you the choice of where you want to connect with me. That's a great Google business card because it gives you, my audience, the opportunity to connect with me in the way that you want to. Now, there's, there's a tough part there because each one of those platforms has its own method of creating content. It's, some of them are video platforms. Some of them are audio platforms. Some of them, I mean, Google literally is presenting a card, right, of all these different pieces. So does that mean I have to become a content creator, Jason? That's a really interesting question. The answer is no, not really. You need to create the content, obviously, whether it's written or images or videos that your audience will engage with. So if naturally your audience isn't going to engage with video, there's no point in creating video. You need to interact with your audience where they want to interact with you in a manner that they want to interact with you. And Google will simply represent that. So theoretically, you should be in a situation where the content you need to create is the content that you want to create and that you would naturally create to interact with your audience anyway.
but we have to create content. That's kind of the key, right? You don't create content, you don't get found. So there's, you know, there's the catch 22. If it is video, you have to get behind the video camera or maybe behind the voice. Or sometimes there's ways where you can create content that doesn't have your face or your voice. There's different opportunities and different ways to create that stuff. And some of the problems that I come across when I talk to uh, potential clients for creating podcasts and things is the, the, the comment always comes up. I don't like the way I look behind on camera. I don't like the way I sound, you know, behind the microphone. I don't have a creative bone in my body. What are some tips and advice that you can give to someone who's just getting started when they worry about that? I'm just not good yet. That, that's a really great question because from my perspective, I didn't like my voice. And then I joined a band and I sang on lots of music albums and I heard my voice so much that I learned to like it. Then I was a blue dog in a cartoon and I didn't like my face, but I didn't need to see my face because I was just the voice. So that was fine. Then I started doing video uh, 10 years ago and I hated looking at myself and I found both with the voice and with the face, the more I did it, the more I was comfortable with looking at myself and listening to myself. And the, the huge problem for me was writing. Mm. I was really, really, really nervous about writing because I come from a, a, a family of writers. So the, the, the bar was set very high and I was convinced that I couldn't write. And I think we all have that problem with something in terms of content creation. And I was lucky enough to write for Search Engine J Journal, a guy called Danny Goodwin. And he said, you're overthinking it. What you write is really good. He encouraged me and I wrote. And I now think I'm, I'm a quite a good writer and so the point I think to the point at which I actually wrote a book but the point is you need to throw yourself in there and having somebody supporting you having somebody saying this is better than you think it is is an incredibly valuable and helpful support for you and once you've started and you've got moving with it it becomes increasingly easy so it's that kickoff starting point that's really difficult and the support you can get from people around you is incredibly important once you're off and running, honestly, I think probably like you, you end up doing it week in, week out, and it's easy as pie. Do or do not. There is no try. Exactly, Yoda. Yoda has it best. Look, here's here's the bottom line I've learned, Jason, over, over my experience, is at the very beginning, no matter what it is that you want to do in life, chances are you're going to suck at it at first. It's just you're not going to be very good the first time around. But if you can consistently stick to it, you will improve. Your writing will get better. Your confidence in your writing will get better or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Eventually, you might even write a book. But it takes that consistent factor of showing up every single day. How important is consistency in creating a brand for a company? Lovely, lovely question. The Blue Dog and the Yellow Koala is a really good example of that is because we were building content on the web for children and children don't understand. I had a problem. I couldn't update the content today. And we promised the kids every single month on the first of the month, we would put this content online. They would have a song. They would have uh, an activity. They would have an animation and they would have two games. Every first of the month, I was up all night on the 31st or the last day of the month, building this content, putting it online, because children do not forgive. Parents... Today, Junior! Yeah, they wanted yesterday, actually. Brilliant, yeah. And, and, and that consistency meant that we went from zero to five million visits a month on the website. A hundred million page views from children. 
And that was consistency over eight years. Every single month on the first of the month, we produced this content and kids knew that it was going to be there. Consistency is absolutely king. Five million visits a month for small children with a blue dog and a yellow koala, me and my ex-wife. Beautiful. All right. So let's talk about that consistency and sticking to it, right? Because one part is the audience. The audience is expecting you to show up at a particular time or to post content on a specific day or whatever it is because they're looking forward to that next episode. But the other part of that is you as the creator now have a deadline that you need to push towards. And I figure, you know, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, a lot of times those deadlines are non-existent. And that's usually why we don't get the things done that we need to get done because there's nobody holding our feet to the fire. There's no due date on these things. When you were, uh, when you've created the content, whether it was writing the book, whether it was the blue dog and the, and the yellow koala, whatever it is, how often are you setting these deadlines and these criterias for you to consistently go? Because otherwise I'd imagine you're not always motivated to do this. Right, absolutely. And for the kids, it was the first of the month and it was for kids. And I really, really didn't feel I could let them down. For the book, I work with a company called Bright Ray Publishing, a wonderful lady called Emily Bartdorf. And we had a meeting every Tuesday and every Tuesday I had to deliver. And she set the deadline and she said, on Tuesday, we're going to have a meeting. And I always felt so incredibly guilty if I hadn't done enough work by the Tuesday, I would work all of the Monday night to get it done. And from a podcasting uh, perspective, interestingly enough, I mean, uh, I do a, a show called Caddy Cube Tuesdays and it's every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Uh, Paris, France time, which is where I am. And sometimes at half past four, I really don't feel like doing it. Yep. But at five o'clock, I set the clock. I set the time on YouTube. I set it on Facebook. I set it on LinkedIn. I set it on Twitter. I've got a guest turning up at five to five to five. I have to do it. And once I get in there, I'm fine. But 25 minutes before, I really don't want to do it. And that forced deadline that I've given myself is the single most valuable thing that I've found is... If I have to do it, I will do it. And if I do do it, I do it for the audience and not for myself. So it's a show. Um, let's talk about saturation. Uh, we're, I, I guess I can say the internet is a young adult now, right? And it's, it's, it's been here for a while. We've gone through iterations of the dot-com era, web 1.0, web 2.0 with apps, and then we're heading into web 3.0, a whole different ball game. Uh, and everybody, well, a lot of times they feel like, why do I want to start a podcast? There's so many out there. Why do I want to create content? Uh, there's, there's so much stuff out there. What makes my stuff so important? Why is it important to start today if you haven't done anything in the past or you've done very little why is it important to still start today are we oversaturated or is everybody in the position where to create a brand you need to start yesterday rather than, than today yeah i can't remember who it was who said it to me i think it might have been neil schaefer was saying that 95 percent of people are watching or consuming and five percent are creating so as a creator, you've always got, let's say, uh, 20 times more people ready to watch you than you are yourself. So there's always an audience. Um, and from that perspective as well, if you think about it on the, on the internet, if I talk about 5 million children coming to the website every month, 5 million children is still only, let's say, 1% of all the children potentially who could have come to the website in English and in French. 
So the audience is potentially vast and you don't know how valuable your own content is, how valuable your skill set when you share it is to other people until you actually do it. And even mm. if it's only five people who love what you do, it's five more people than you had before. And it's potentially five people who can make you a living as a business person if you're looking to make business or make you a tiny star in your little circle of people. I, I, I would recommend everybody share what you've got because what you've got might well be incredibly valuable to other people. You just don't know it yet. Oh, it's, it, I, I agree with you. Your tribe will find you, right? Like these are the people who think like you, who act Brilliant. like you, who have the same personality types or same vision or same mission or whatever it is. You just don't know they're out there, but they're out there. And that's the beauty of what Google does is it starts to bring people together. So my next question has to be on, on like, what am I creating online? Do I niche down? Do I get really specific on who I want to be? Or do I leave that a little broad? In other words, do I stay like all business, for example, or do I show a little bit of my own personality in my family life? Family life is, is, is one question. Some people don't want to share that, but definitely be yourself because over time you can't not be yourself for a long period of time and you'll always get caught out by it. So retain your personality. Once again, there are people out there who will be like you and who will be appreciative of you. And Google is incredibly good and increasingly good at bringing people together who appreciate each other. Uh, 20 years ago, it wasn't very good. It was better than the other search engines, but it still wasn't very good. And today, it understands increasingly who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. And it will bring your audience to you if what you're saying resonates with them and if it's understood who you're talking to and what you have to offer. And that's where we come all the way back to brand SERPs, the search engine results page for your name or your brand name, is that Google reflects there what it feels is valuable to your audience. So if what you see there isn't what you feel comfortable with, it means either that you're making the wrong content for the wrong people, or the content you're making for the right people is being misunderstood by Google. Mm. What would you say to someone who's just getting started? My, my advice is always just start. Like, do you have a particular medium that you recommend people towards writing? Do you recommend people towards, you know, video or anything like that? Or, or is it one of those where like, for me, it's just, just get started. Look, I know podcasting, so I'm going to recommend you start a podcast. Does it have to have video? No, it could just be audio, but start, start doing something right now. When you talk to your clients and it's, it's time to start branding, where do you tell them to start? How do they begin? Right. That's a lovely question. I mean, with, with video, I think video is scary. Starting with just audio, if you're going to do that, and then moving on to video is a really great place to start because you only have to focus on the voice first, and then you can focus on what you look like as a second step. And writing, although I found it very difficult, most people find it much easier in the sense that you don't put your voice or your face on the line. Writing is relatively easier. Um, and the place you need to start is your own website, and I think people underestimate that. Uh, Google, but also all these other machines are looking to understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. And the place they start is your own website. And that website can be one page. If that website for you personally or me personally is one page that says, I'm Jason Barnard. I love understanding how Google functions. I'm obsessed by brand SERPs, what your audience sees when they Google your brand name. 
that's where I start. And then I build out from there, either on my own site or on social media or both or by writing for other people. But the idea is start somewhere and preferably start on your own website. If you don't have one, build one. And if you can't build one, use something like Wix, something really simple, a platform where you can build your own website incredibly simply just by dragging and dropping the elements. It's just like using like Microsoft Word. Start with what I call the entity home. It's where you, where you live online for Google and for the other machines. I love that. I love that. When my kids were born, um, I bought their domain names and oh. I set up their Gmail accounts and I set up their social media handles, all of them with their name. Now they were kids, they were little, they weren't going to use them for a number of years, but I, that's what, exactly what you're describing is what I was thinking at some point in the future they're going to utilize this, right? They're going to start creating their brand of whatever it is that they're going to be, but we own their name, right? So you can go to mykidsname.com or you can go to myname.com. And even though for my kids right now, there's really nothing you'll find there. I'm already beginning that, that step moving forward. Now they're, you know, 12, 13, I've handed over their social media accounts. They're starting to build their own, you know, their own content as, as they go along as kids. But it's the idea of keeping and owning your own name, digitally speaking. Would you think that's a good practice to, 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 for parents to get into or for professionals to get into? I think it's definitely, definitely the, the, the way forward. And it's something that um, most people don't think of or didn't think of. So you've been incredibly uh, ahead of your time. Is uh, Google, a guy called John Mueller from Google, who's the representative of Google towards the digital marketing community, uh, has been talking about reconciliation. And the problem that Google has is it's trying to understand you. It's trying to understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. But it's got fragmented information around the web. And it's looking for a point of reconciliation where it can bring those pieces together and look at what you're saying about yourself. I call it the entity home. He calls it the point of re reconciliation. But it's the same thing. It's where do you live online that you control? And Google's looking for that. And if it can find it, you can then present to the child that is Google that wants to understand you. You can present to it the defragmented piece of, sorry, the defragmented uh, representation of yourself. And it can then reconcile all the bits it's found around the web and see who you are, understand how it should be presenting you to your audience and therefore be able to present to your audience. And for your kids, it's incredibly important to have that because the only possible way you can control your digital ecosystem is through your point of reconciliation if you're talking to Google or if you're talking to me, your entity home, which is where you live online. That's your only hope of controlling your digital ecosystem. Jason, Google is tremendous. And what I heard recently was that TikTok has surpassed Google in search uh, queries this last year. So the, the idea of you having being searchable in different places is becoming more and more and more relevant and important as different platforms start to create their own audiences and drag people to them. Uh, and having that practice in places is important. I teach a course called Financial Algebra, high school seniors. And that's one of the things that I talk to them a lot about. Be careful what you place online because it will live forever and it's a it's a great thing to have if you are focused and you know exactly the vision that you're trying to create 
It's another thing when that vision comes back and slaps you at a job interview because you forgot about that time <laughs> that that video showed up. Jason, before we head out, man, I, I wanna make sure I give you an opportunity to answer or, or address our audience with any last minute final thoughts before we go. Yeah, I think if you haven't started thinking about your digital ecosystem, your digital footprint, as you said, start thinking now. Google is the best possibility you have of seeing what that digital footprint looks like. Google is the machine that sees the most of the web and probably understands you the best. And if you do start thinking about that and you do want to start managing your Google business card that represents your digital footprint, your digital ecosystem, read the book or come on to calicube.academy and take the courses. We've got a set of courses that help you as a business or a person to manage what Google shows your audience when they Google your brand name. And I've been working on this for 10 years and I'm still learning something new every day. And I absolutely love it. And it's a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. And if you're not uh, interested, particularly for yourself, come into the rabbit hole with me because you'll love it. It's so much fun. And it's so incredibly uh, involved and so much to learn. So Google my name, Jason Barnard. Pick how you want to interact with me from my Google business card and come and join me in the wonderful world of brand SERPs. There we go, ladies and gents. Brand SERPs, you can pick up a copy of the book. You can find all of his course material. Um, I think we can go to jasonbernard.com, scrolling across the bottom, right, Jason? Yep, absolutely. Everything's on there. The Blue Dog, the Yellow Koala, the Punk Folk Group from the 90s, my double base, my digital career. Uh, my brand SERPs, my knowledge panel information, my courses, my book, uh, and even uh, a, a SaaS platform for managing your Google business card. That's it, ladies and gents. Basically, what he's trying to tell you, you're out of excuses. There's no reason <laughs> to wait anymore. Literally, go to jasonbarnard.com, scrolling across the bottom, and get started building your brand that's exactly what you need to do. Look, I love the analogy. Uh, you start off invisible and then you become visible when you start making some content. You show up consistently, you become credible. And then when people trust you, that's when the sales start coming in. You become profitable. Invisible, visible, credible to profitable. But the only way for you to do that is to stop being invisible. It's for you to show up online. Pick whatever it is that you want to become, just like your kindergarten teacher told you, and go out there and make it happen. Stop by jasonbarnard.com, jasonbarnard.com, and figure out how to build your brand online. Jason, thank you very much for coming on. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again manana. Peace. Brilliant. All right. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.